This is episode number 18 with the four-foot giant, Kyle Maynard. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Upgrades. Hope you're having a fantastic day today. This is going to be an amazing episode because I've got my good man and awesome friend on here, Kyle Maynard. Now, Kyle has been an inspiration of mine for the last few years since I first met him. And every time I have an excuse about anything, I think about Kyle, his story, and his life. Very inspiring guy. I want to get to Kyle here in just a second, but I want to get to the quote of the day first. And this is inspired by a previous episode with Don Yeager, where he shared this quote. He says, a loss is not a failure until you make an excuse. And that's quoting Michael Jordan. And there's a lot of excuses we make every single day, whether it be in sports or business or life or whatever it is we're trying to achieve. We've always got excuses. I've got them. You've got them. We've all had them. And they're a bunch of BS, if you ask me. So we're going to talk about how to get over these excuses. And Kyle is an exceptional individual to talk about having no excuses. Uh, A guy that was born without arms and legs, who has done probably more, uh, has has accomplished more things than, you know, me and a bunch of other people combined who have arms and legs. This is a guy who's climbed up Mount Kilimanjaro on his elbows, essentially, crawled up a mountain took him 12 days i think he's uh, won two sb awards for being the most inspiring athlete in the world basically and he's just a, an amazing individual and he's here in the studio with us today i'm super pumped but before i bring him in and let him share kind of some of his experiences about how to overcome these excuses and achieve some of the craziest things that you can achieve in your own life i want to talk about quickly uh, the fan of the week and the fan of the week comes from, uh, Michael Lynch. And he sent me an email just the other day saying that his brother, uh, is a Marine who's in, who's in Afghanistan and they've been listening. Him and all of his Marine buddies have been listening to the podcast and they're, they're big fans. So just want to say a quick shout out to those Marines out there, uh, in Northern Northern Afghanistan, I guess he said when he emailed me. So thanks to all you guys listening. Appreciate what you guys do. And uh, hopefully this has been some good stuff for you guys. I want to give a quick shout out to the review of the week. And this comes from uh, reviewer EXP14. And the title is Drives Me to Be My Best. He says, great podcast. I drive an hour to work every day, and this podcast inspires me and keeps me awake while on the road. I was able to listen to all the podcasts in a week and a half, keep them coming. The guest interviews are my favorite. So uh, I'm glad I'm able to keep people awake when they are driving to work. So if that's, uh, if that's what this is doing for people, then at least I'm keeping you guys safe on the road, and hopefully there's some inspiration in there as well. Uh, with that, guys... This is a big week for me, one, because it's the national championships, the USA national championships in team handball. And again, a lot of people in the U.S. have no clue what team handball is. If you're one of the listeners from Europe, 
you're uh, probably very familiar with the sport because it's a very popular sport throughout all of Europe. Uh, but for me, I've been training nonstop, doing a lot of CrossFit. Big shout out to Brick CrossFit and all the coaches and athletes over there who've just been supporting me and pushing me to to stay in shape every single day and train me to be a better athlete. Uh, I am pumped about this. In a couple of days, I'll be flying out to Reno, Nevada for the USA National Championships, trying to bring home the gold for New York City team handball. So I'm pumped about this. I'm prepared. I'm ready to go. And hopefully in this next episode, uh, you'll hear some good news coming back from me. With that, guys, we're going to learn all about how to overcome your BS excuses and learn from a true champion in this world with Kyle Maynard. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card it offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business you can also earn up to 395 dollars in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness all right welcome everyone i'm here with my good friend kyle maynard what's up kyle hey man uh i'm a big fan of the show so i'm just <laughs> excited to have to be on here this yeah is man cool. we just got done with a, a sweet workout at brick crossfit here in west hollywood and kyle Almost dropped a seventy-pound <laughs> kettlebell right on his private parts. So that was uh, interesting. Yeah, moment. full-blown castration. It was uh, what they give in a uh, probably never happened at Brick CrossFit before. Although it's a pretty intense gym, so maybe they would have had it. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Now, First Kyle, time for me. Now, Kyle, uh, 
for those that don't know, Kyle was born with no arms, no legs. And so it's kind of weird to me, hear me say, but he's holding a kettlebell at 70 pounds. So it's pretty inspiring what he's able to do. And what is it actually, what's the thing called when you're born with no arms and legs? What is that It called? really, there's not really any clear explanation. Doctors didn't have any idea what, um, what caused the disorder disability to happen when I was born. Um, it's uh, kind of referred to as congenital amputation. So give people a visual. Basically, uh-huh. my arms end right where your elbow would be yep. for each arm. They're both about you know same length. And my legs end slightly above where the knee is. And I have two feet, but... Um, so there's a little bit different, like, uh, I don't know, one have got like an upside down foot. That's like my, <laughs> right, my right. trigger foot and, right. uh, in halo for Xbox, but <laughs> the, uh, uh, basically just, uh, four limbs affected, which is about, I think the estimate was like one in 10 million or something like that. That's that, yeah. Crazy. Now, how tall are you? Just That's so a good people, question. Just so people know. I can, be, I can touch like my tippy toes in the four foot part of the pool. If that, uh, <laughs> the, um, so you're like three something. I think I'm like three, eight, three, nine, three, nine. So you're like a four foot giant is what I'll call you. Ah, the, I like the four dude, foot giant. Cool. See if that dot com, see if that name is taken. <laughs> exactly. Some cyber squatter on there is going to go exactly. and get this. <laughs> I like it. Now, Kyle, I'm going to brag for Kyle for a minute. He has done some amazing feats and accomplishments in, in middle school. You played football. Now, again, Remember, imagine a four-foot giant without arms and legs. This is Kyle, who we're talking to right now. He's playing football with other middle schoolers. Then in high school, he was uh, one of the top wrestlers in high school, one of the top 15. Is that right? Once you ranked like top 10. Yeah, I ended up, uh, I mean, the kind of the story is with that. We may go into a little bit more, but I had lost a ton. I mean, really, you know, football was actually something that came natural to me. Down there on all fours and, you know, in the very first play that I ever took, very first snap that I ever took, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I was playing nose guard right across from the center. And so I knew he was going to go and snap the ball between his legs. And so I figured like my job was to go and follow it. So as soon as he snaps the ball between his legs, I just dove underneath his legs and wow. smashed my element. The quarterback shins. The first play got the sack. Wow. So it was guys kind of figured out how to go and block and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's, was pretty, pretty decent. You know, it's, you know, the thing or two about football, it's all about getting lower than somebody and driving sure. off the ball and nobody's getting lower than me <laughs> down there in the ground. So the, uh, with wrestling, though, it started off and it was, you know, it was, it was really bad. It's kind of easy to go and talk to people about successes with stuff, but I had to fail right. a ton. You know, I, was, I lost every match for a year and a half, so 35 times in a row. The freshman and sophomore year, right? It was uh, started in sixth grade, so okay. in middle school, around the same time as um, playing, you know, playing football there. And, and the thing was, you know, I was having a blast playing football, and then with wrestling, you know, I'd, I'd sit in these tournaments and people would go and say like, you know, Kyle doesn't have hands to go and grab someone or arms long enough to get out and grab mm-hmm. their legs or all this stuff. And they'd make a blanket statement, which kind of makes sense, you know, logically out of context, but it's, you know, they'd say a guy without arms and legs would never be able to win a match in wrestling. And for a while I bought into that belief for a year and a half. You didn't yeah. win any, right? Any, yeah. I mean, my dad, be crying going out to every one of these tournaments oh, and begging to quit but my parents you know they they kept me going so what what was it like your first win what was that like uh, Do you remember I, it no i remember it vividly and i i uh i think i was more shocked than the guy that i beat because like i remember grabbing his arm and flipping him and landing on top of him and being like this is awesome but i have no idea what to do now i was so <laughs> lost and uh so I figured I'd just go and do the same thing again. My dad saw that I was lost and told me to let him up. And so I just went in after him again, grabbed his arm, took him down, let him up. Figured wow. this is working. I'm going to keep doing it. Took him down and let him up. So you didn't pin him, but you... Took him down 15 times. So they stopped the match and beat him by the mercy yeah. rule. Wow. That's and that amazing. Yeah, you know, so that's why I tell people it's like it's... 
you know, really had nothing to do with the physical side of things, right? It had everything to do with the fact that for a long time, you know, I bought into the belief of other people telling me that, you know, I'd never be able to win a match. And so I sure. didn't. Sure. That limiting belief that you just believed right. that you couldn't win because of the condition, right? Yeah, you know, and then and once you kind of, you know, we all have those moments, right, where we, we, we buy in, and we still do. You know, you and I, I mean, everybody in this planet, I don't care who we are, people are, you know, full of it if they say that they, they don't allow other people to go and affect their beliefs. Sure. And, you know, when you go and turn on the news and you go and, you know, for the, for the business owners that are watching this and, you know, the belief that's affected based off of other economic projections and other things like that. Right, right. Or, so many things going on. Or they're like, don't go outside because something's happening with the weather or whatever, you know. It's exactly. Just creating fear, these beliefs in our minds, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's, I think we got to go in and ask, like, what's, what's real? What's not? Because mm-hmm. yeah, that first time that we go and break through with something, then, it, I mean, you can't go back and, and and believe something then sure. at that point I, I could you know when people said i'd never win a match that first one that i won now it's like i can't mm-hmm. i don't never go back so the next year after that in eighth grade i was undefeated going in the state tournament wow so it was you know it had nothing to do with the physical it was just you know huh it was total it's all mental right and it was uh it was a it was a big part of it also too just kind of figuring out how to you know, use my body and, and, and be comfortable with, uh, with, with things and figure things out. Couldn't emulate other wrestlers to go and figure out their style. Sure. Sure. Now in high school, what did you end up? Weren't you like one of the top in high school though for your, for your weight? Class? Did pretty good. I, um, so wrestled varsity for one of the top teams in the Southeast senior year of high school and, uh, wrestled 103 pounds, which there's no way I'd be able to go and make that weight right now. I had to <laughs> cut, cut a good bit of it to, to make it in high school. And then, uh, ended up, uh, Winning 36 varsity matches, beat a couple state champions, a couple state wow. placers, and got invited to the nationals and placed That's top amazing. 12 in the nation. That's amazing. Top 12 in the nation. Wow. Interesting. And so after that, you also got into MMA and fighting, right? Because yeah. you just naturally transitioned from wrestling to fighting, and you were the first guy without arms and legs to fight in a cage like in a sanctioned mma right. fight right right you can see how stupid i am too for signing up for some of this stuff i mean there's a common thread here i don't know there's this uh mma was a blast though and i've yeah. been training for for a long time that actually taught me a lot about myself though because it um that was the first time that other people really voiced major disapproval with what i was doing you know with wrestling people would go and say like oh you'll never be able to win a match you know and i and they wouldn't say it directly to me necessarily but you know i'd hear through the grapevine with mma they were like afraid for your life probably right they were like we don't want you to get your face knocked out right or other people that were hoping that it happened you know people's true true colors kind of come out on the internet right Mm. when you can be behind an anonymous screen name then there's no say whatever you want yeah so you you know Type my name into YouTube and you can see, you probably pull it up right now and go and see some of the comments that people go and say. I mean, it's crazy. People said, uh, you know, it, Kyle's going to be the first televised death in the sport. I have up. no problem kicking my effing skull in. Oh like, my gosh. People saying um, he's doing this because he's just a, you know, drama whore. Like, wow. um, they're saying, like, Kyle's trying to get back on Oprah and all this stuff. Like, wow. and there was even one comment that I'll never forget. Somebody said, like, you know, come take a, uh, come take a chainsaw and cut off my arms and legs so I can be a limbless freak show like Kyle. Jeez, that's really bad. Wow. So it's, you know, but then... Now, why I, did you want to do a, a fight then? What's the reason behind it for you? And I, I generally, kind of one of, my, one of my core beliefs is that 
you got to have things that that you're passionate about mm. to be able to go and really just live to your potential, right? Sure. And I, you know, I've been training for this. I didn't want to be a pro fighter. You know, I had no right. delusions about that, and I just wanted to experience it. Right. You know, because ninety nine point nine percent of the fans, you know, of the sport, they would never step into the cage, mm. and that's okay. Maybe they're fans, but I didn't want to be afraid. I wanted right. to go in there and experience it. Right. And and the cool part was, it took. I got denied to fight in Georgia, which was a big setback the head commissioner was a paraplegic who was an off-duty police officer got shot in the spine and he said it's great what you're doing for people with disabilities like i'll be out there to support you and then uh three weeks later i got denied so it took two years um went across it was in that's in the state of georgia in my home state i live outside of atlanta went across the state line to to do it in alabama two years later and i uh joke now that the there's a little bit, which is true, there's a little bit less government regulation in Alabama, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they would have let me fight like a pack of hyenas in Alabama <laughs> if I wanted to. You would a bear. <laughs> <laughs> That's a goal of mine. Like, don't joke. The, uh, um, but then ended up, uh, it was April 5th, 2009, I got to go and step into the cage, and I remember hearing that pin when they went and put it in the door and locked me inside, and I'm thinking like, wow. whoa, I'm like, in this here is now. Real. This is real. Yeah, and if you guys go, if you go search on YouTube, Kyle Maynard, Cage Fight or MMA, you'll see a video pop up, and it's, it's like crazy and inspiring at the same time to watch this video because you're literally just getting the shit beat out of you <laughs> from a guy uh, yeah. with arms and legs totally. who's like a professional fighter, right? He was like a pro, wasn't he, or what? I don't really know what his uh, what his like background him. was. You he know, was ripped. And yeah, he was like, yeah, it was. I, I just I didn't try to get caught up in in the him. I actually did a ton of um really cool stuff with guided imagery to go and get ready for the fight oh, wow. i mean i was mentally i felt better than i ever did you know and physically Dude, too you looked like the video was, you looked like you're ready to go man you were so in the zone it's just there were so many moments where you like could t- tell after like the first round where you're getting frustrated because the guy wouldn't let you like get close to him yeah he just kept like pegging you in the face and, yeah like, <laughs> he would not let you get close to like his legs is uh the uh yeah this is a strategy to go in and, and keep me sort of away my fight my goal, goal is to go and bring it to the ground you know standing at three foot eight i'm not much of a kickboxer so it's uh right the um but it yeah was like he five ten or something up. wasn't he or how tall is he something like that something like yeah that, like 180 five ten or whatever yeah he um you know but i really i respect him for going in and taking the fight because a lot of people right. you know were, were i had several opponents that dropped out from it Really? And um, yeah. people, when when other people got on their case and saying like, "What are you doing?" and all this stuff, right, and right. so I, I definitely, I definitely do respect him for it. Um, yeah, I wish it. You know, to me, I, I didn't care about the outcome. I wanted to be able to go in there and have the experience. And yeah, it was uh, the coolest part was um, after the fight was over. It was uh, just one of the most really tranquil moments that, like, one of those times where just like time stops for mm-hmm. a second, mm-hmm. and I could just go and look around. And just go and see, like, looking out through the cage, I mean, other people, you know, friends and family that supported me, and I saw a lot of random faces. And, and for the first time, actually, I just felt sympathy for the people that said the things that they said. Because mm. it was like, you know, I'm sitting here inside the cage looking out, and the vast majority of them would never have this vantage point. It's true, man. So, I mean, was, how many people have experienced that? Maybe a thousand, maybe? Like, I don't even inside a cage maybe a couple thousand yeah. people you know sports from- growing now i mean but it's you know it's it's still it brings that primal feeling out of you and yeah. it's just we're, we all have it you know we we're, we're at some point you know uh 
in, in our, you know, in the course of human history. I mean, like that's in, ingrained in our DNA. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. So that was cool. You did that. And then after that you decided, you know what? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done enough. So I'm going to climb a mountain. You climb Mount Kilimanjaro, which is one of the tallest mountains in the world. Right. I mean, what is it like? How yeah, it's a, it? Kilimanjaro is the highest peak in Africa. Uh, so it's right there in the equator uh-huh. in uh, East Africa and Tanzania. And um, it's uh, the highest freestanding peak in the world, meaning that it's not a part of a mountain chain like the okay. Himalayas. There are many peaks in the Himalayas that are higher, but it's it, here. It's the only thing that's in your sight. So it's a single ni- mountain. Single mountain. Yeah, yeah. How tall is it? 19,340 feet. Dang, that's high. That's really big. So you decided, you know what, I'm going to go climb this thing on my elbows, basically, and my knees, and crawl up the mountain. Are you the first person to crawl up a mountain? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Again, coming back to this stupidity, like <laughs> signing up for this stuff. Um, I, uh, the I mean, craziest part to me was, though... Remember people died on that mountain or no? We knew that uh, several died on our route. Actually, quite a few people do end up dying because many people attempted and aren't prepared. And they die walking and yeah. you crawled. It's it was... Uh, pretty impressive. It was definitely... It was... It was it was undescribable. There was... And I remember the first couple of days were fun, you know, in the rainforest. My friends having a good time. And by the right. fourth day, though, my elbows and feet were swollen up so bad I was oh, broken. And you have these special shoes over here, which are like... Uh, what are they? Carbon fiber? Yeah, basically it's... Uh, carbon fiber that goes around my arms and, and my feet and it's padded on the inside and it has um a vibram shoe sole on the outside so it's just we uh and it hooks up to a climbing harness so it goes on my arms and my feet and just yeah. bear crawl this thing's very cool i'm holding it right now and it's like it looks like the five finger vibram sole but then it's got it's really hard casing and some foam inside it's uh it's pretty sweet little contraption right here that thing uh so the cr- we got that gear January. We left January third for Africa of 2012, and uh, got the gear finalized December 15th. So it was like celestial alignment that everything pulled together. That's crazy. Now, how long was the hike? How long did it take total? Twelve and a half days. Twelve and a half days. How long does it take for a normal, I guess, someone walking on two feet? Generally, it's uh, it takes about seven round trips, six to seven, depending. Round trip, and it took you twelve yeah. to just get up there. Twelve and a half total. It was ten oh, up and two and a half down. For almost double the amount of time. Right. Wow. And you had a nor- the same amount of crew as a normal pack would going up there, or did you have extra crew? We did. We had because we had a lot of camera equipment and stuff like that. We had a. Uh, uh, it was team of nine of us from America. Um, we had called it Mission Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. One of our goals. My dad. My dad was Army, so I've got a big passion for working with veterans. I was born at an Army hospital, and so our goal was to go in. You know, just send a message to some of our troops that have literally sacrificed their limbs for our freedom to go and say, you know what, you may have had this happen to you, but you're still able to live the life that you want. Right. You're still able to go and create the life that you want. You're, you're not a victim that you, it might not be Kilimanjaro, but you've got something that you want to do. Right, right. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all on its own. With a premium bang and a Lufsen sound system, and up to 313-mile range, 
range on a single charge, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower. The ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours today at Acura.com. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game, or when you're hiring for your business and you wanna find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's pretty inspiring. And then ESPN ended up doing a documentary about it. And if you guys go check on YouTube again and just type in ESPN Cal Manor, you'll see him climb up the mountain. It's pretty inspiring. And then you also won two ESPY awards. One was for climbing Kilimanjaro, right? Right. And then the other one is for what? Uh, wrestling and weightlifting. Wrestling and weightlifting. Right. Okay. What did you do in weightlifting? Actually, I competed. <laughs> I started with started with five pounds basically and when i started lifting i could barely you know, i was a uh, uh, middle school and right. and um you know always wondered like will i ever be able to go and lift more than this i'm looking at these other high school kids lifting and gradually kept working up and getting stronger i used to tie ropes around my arms uh-huh. and lift off my back my favorite lift was a butterfly press okay. modified bench press oh, nice. and i had ropes that i broke and ended up getting chains broke those chains got bigger ones and had uh in 2009, right before the MMA fight, the personal best in a bench press uh, did 420 pounds. Wow. So you roped, rope around your elbows. Chains, you the yeah. Chains around yeah. the elbows and then and then 400 like, how much? Tied, uh, so it would have been 210 to each arm with kettle, 210 pounds on each kettlebells. Arm. So you're basically lying on your back right. with your arms like Jesus and then folding them, bringing them together for right. a visual for people. Um, with 200-something pounds on each arm. That's pretty impressive. Basically, at your elbow that you're lifting up. So, man, is there a, is that a record, or what is that? I, there was a, that wasn't the record. I, I did compete for the record in my it was a modified bench press um, in the Arnold Classic. I think it was in um, 2007, uh-huh. and um, lifted uh, 360 pounds at the competition there. Okay. 
What's the record? Do you know? That was the that was a record that, and then for whatever it was the, and I got to lift at the GNC show of strength. It was um in Atlanta. Did uh, two hundred and forty pounds for twenty three repetitions. Right. Oh wow, twenty three, two forty. Wow, my best was ever was like two twenty five for like fifteen reps. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, the goal now though is just to go and say that it's. I think it's a lot of us we kind of draw a separation with things. So we think that like these lessons that we go and learn are different mm. and they're not, you know, right. the physical lessons are very similar to the entrepreneurial lessons or sure. the, just the, the other bigger goals that we have in life in terms of, our, of seeking our purpose. Right. Right. So now it seems like, you know, while you've been doing all these awesome adventures for yourself, you're basically trying to say, okay, what is it that I'm not able to do and how can I do it? How can I figure out a way to do it? It sounds like it's kind of been your whole life because you were born without arms and legs, so you've had to modify and adjust and be adaptive to everything, everyday life. Right. You've got your own car to drive, you've got your own place, you do everything on your own, uh, and you've tried to take on these challenges, just like people said, I could never run a four-minute mile. Sure. And then someone did it, and now everyone can do it now. So you're taking this approach to yourself to say, okay, can I find a cage? Can I do CrossFit? How can I do the same workouts as other people? How can I... And then if we go there too, how can we go and help other people figure out the same thing? Right. That's the, I think that's really the truest purpose is to go and say, it's not just about us, right? Yes. If you talk to like yeah, some of the Navy SEALs, for instance, I've got a good, couple of good friends. I just did this uh, 12 hour, 13 hour Navy SEAL challenge. It was awesome and terrible at the same time. But these guys, I was talking to them, like, how do you go and get through BUDS training? How do you go and get through Hell Week? And they would say, um, you take eyes off of yourself. Mm. And you put it on your team, you put it on your swim buddy, and you put it on the people around you. And, and that's, I think, an important lesson is that we've sometimes got to realize, like, why are we doing what we're doing? Right. And for me, I've always felt like, you know, I want to take on challenges and, and opportunities that inspire me personally, but that also, through me being inspired, hopefully it's inspiring and helping other people, you know, take on challenges for themselves. Well, it's contagious. Like the people yeah. that end up around, you know, we were talking to your brother earlier today yeah. and like, it's, I mean, you just, in close proximity to people that are living their dreams and right. it, it, it spreads. It does. It does. It's a virus. And I think it's, it's a all, good it's, thing. Yeah. If it's all about yourself, then it's not going to help as many people, obviously, or, and it's not going to help you. But when you think about like, okay, this is serving me, but also serving right. whoever, my community, my family, my, the world, then usually we're able to break even bigger limitations. Um, that's the key too, is you mentioned something there. It's like, it's serving me. I think that's the, one of the things that I've had to learn the most is last year, we, you know, this, we've talked extensively about this, but I mean, I, I was on the road, uh, yeah. traveling, doing the speaking thing, days or whatever, yeah. right? like over 250 days speaking, traveling. And I love what I get to do. It's my biggest passion, but the, the, you know, the catch is like, you gotta be on the road that much. And, and so yeah. it's, it's tough. And a lot of times it's hard to take care of yourself when you're doing yeah. that. And right. I, you know, the metaphor that I think about all the time is every time that they go through the in-flight briefing when you sit down in an airplane and the oxygen mask falls. Put your own mask on yeah, first. Exactly. Don't put the kids on next to you. Don't put the person who needs help. Put your own mask on first. And that's everyday life, man. It should be focus on you first. It's like you have to be selfish in a sense, like to make sure you're fully taken care of yourself. All your needs are met, your wants, everything. Then you can help others. Absolutely. But when you put like yourself second and you're always putting others first, you can only serve so much. That's why I'm always like making sure I take so much time for myself every day to, to eat right, to train right. Like I don't sacrifice my time that I need for me. And whether that's selfish or not, 
it is what it is because it's the only way oh, I'm going to be able to your serve. oxygen mask on. Exactly. You know, you're able to, at that point to be able to go in and help other people. Exactly. And without that, then then you limit your ability to limited. Yes, yeah. so you got to be selfish in some ways. It's, I, I think it's I think it's actually the and you know it sounds crazy, but I think that by focusing on yourself, it's the least, it's the most selfless thing that you can do. Yeah. Because at that point, I think it. You, you take care of that and you're able to now say, but if you stop there, then, then maybe it is a selfish thing. But you're if you just focusing on yourself, just focus on yourself, right. But you need to focus on your growing yeah. and learning and getting new skills so you can help more people. I always think about at every single level in the world. If you look at the biggest, you know, universal level intergalactic systems, I mean, we've got, uh, as stuff is moving, you know, this earth is spinning like 20,000 miles per hour through space, right? And then down to the tiniest subatomic level, like the Planck scale, the 10 to the negative 26 centimeters, like every single level in between, everything is moving. There's motion constantly. Yeah. Even so this, this table. This table's moving, right? Yeah. So it's like, what, what direction is our life moving? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. What direction is your life moving in? <laughs> <laughs> Put me on the spot. I hope it's, I, I think I've had a, an awakening lately that I needed to have. Sure. Um, I sometimes have to kind of eat some of my own dog food. Uh-huh. When I speak, I challenge people to, to think about what is the one thing in your life that you can change that is keeping you from reaching your highest human potential. Right. What's the one thing keeping you from reaching your highest human potential? Right. If you what could only you pick one thing in your what's life. What's your one thing? And it probably changes, it changes. Over every couple of years or something, or you know, even right now, um, it's uh, it is like I don't know how to go and sum this up into one word. It's being just on top of of communication, correspondence, getting back to people. Like I am very much like a kind of a present minded, focused person. When I'm going and doing a speech, I'll try to be there, or, you know, with the group, but. I, I have to, like, I'm, I'm sometimes I'll linger. I'll let yeah. a thousand emails go and pile up and then I feel overwhelmed and oh, I don't right. go in and handle it. You when don't I don't do would, anything, right. you're like, uh, paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not doing that anymore. So um, now you're more on top of it. You're staying, but by focusing on that, if I brought my whole, if I tried to go and say, all right, I'm going to go and do 20 things at once. I'm going to go and, and have more time. Uh, I'm going to go have more time to vacation. I'm going to go and read more books. I'm going to go and have the long walks on the beach. I'm going to go and do this, do that, do that. I'm going to go and start a new business. I'm going to go and, and whatever else it's like, we can't do it. We get mm. burnt out. That's yeah. like new year's resolutions, right? You go and write down yeah. 20 yeah. things. Yeah. You, you want to change. You don't, you don't change any three weeks later after new year's resolutions. It's painful for us to look at the list of stuff we wanted to change. And we haven't done anything. Nothing. Maybe for a week we did one thing and then stopped, right? So what's your one thing? What's your one thing you could change? The biggest thing holding me back from, from achieving greatness? From achieving greatness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I haven't thought about it. But probably, man, learning when to say no. Because hmm. you know, for when I started my business a few years ago, I was just like yes to everything. Because I just wanted to like help everyone and be there at every event and speak everywhere. Right. And so now it's learning to like how to manage my time efficiently and effectively so that I'm not freely giving it to things that aren't going to serve me to the highest value and serve others to the highest value. So that's probably not the biggest thing, but that's just the thing that popped to my mind no, right a, now. That's a huge one, man. Yeah. Think about what this is sometimes in the entrepreneurial world an overused example, but look at the Steve Jobs example. Yeah. When he came back into Apple, they had... 
50 products that they're going and doing. And, and he said, no, we're going to, we're going to stop. We're going to do, do five, or whatever five yeah. right. And make them amazing. And, yeah. and world changing products, right? We yeah. can't, we can't do that when we're spread so thin. It's exactly. True. I would, you know, I, I'd, I'd pull it back and say managing energy in general, probably just managing energy, my time efficiently throughout the day, knowing when to do things, when to get things done and not allowing things to take too much time. So probably just managing all that. And I think, you know, as relationships coming out of your life, plus personally, business-wise, family-wise, things like that, your energy changes, your your time changes. Uh, so you have to be able to adapt and be flexible to that. So, so here's the next question yes. with that. Like if you could think of, and, and for everyone that's doing this, right, then I think going through this process helps us think about this sometimes. And I do it myself every time I talk. I get to go and think about this, which I'm fortunate to. What is about managing your energy? What's one excuse that you've made about that? So I think one of the excuses that I make about managing energy is really uh, figuring out the time that I'm doing things and and when I'm supposed to get it all done. You know, I might build up a lot of different projects and I try to get it all done myself as opposed to, I guess, bringing on the right people who are better than me at certain things, managing tasks and projects and getting them on board. So I'd say that my excuse is either uh, I like to do it all myself or maybe I can't find the right people sometimes. Although a lot of times I feel like I do, but that's, that's probably one of them. So if you, uh, if you could start there and, and change that one thing, what would you do differently? Uh, if I could change one thing, I'd probably find the right people to help coach me in managing my time better, learning how to say no better, and also finding the right people to then manage that time for me. The tasks that take an extra 10, 20 minutes here and there throughout the day, basically having a full-time assistant or project manager or you know, something like that. Sure. So just hypothetically, if you envision what your life, your business looks like a year from today after changing that one thing, how different would it be? After changing it, it's easier, it's efficient, it's seamless, it's even more exciting, it's all those things combined. Well, there you go. So, so, <laughs> if you focus, the coolest part is, is I think that anyone that's listening to this is, is able to go through this and it might be different for every one of us. I think that it is. If I speak to a room of a thousand people, it might be a thousand different things that people want to go and do and change, right. which makes it kind of hard to really narrow and pinpoint it down. You have to get specific and, and exact about it. And then I think you have to focus on one thing. Mm. Like we talked about before, the laundry list things that you want to go and do and change, you fall on your face. If, if you try to go and change right. too many things at once. Right. Now, what do you think is one of the biggest things that holds people back? Is it their, the way they were raised with their family and the mentality of the things that were said to them? Is it their own inner voice, their own limiting beliefs? Is it their peers saying they can't do something, like how people said you would never win a match? What do you think is the biggest thing that holds people back? That's a, that's a really good question. I think it's, um, just speaking from my own experience, I think sometimes I can be my own worst enemy. I can go in and just chunk something off to make it, you know, just seem like way too huge, way too big to go and take it on. And then I, I don't, and I hesitate. Um, but that being said, some things like, uh, for instance, like the, um, the past, the past and the stuff that happened to us there, good, bad, or indifferent, doesn't matter because we can't change it. When I was younger, when I was 10 years old, I used to like um, 
cry myself to sleep some nights, right. you know, because I would, we would just wish that I would go in and wake up and have arms and legs. And it, like, no matter how hard I would have focused on that forever, it never would have happened. Right. So when we go and focus on those things that we have no control over, then it brings us nothing but unhappiness. So you feel like we're our own worst enemies. Basically. Well, but we're also too our greatest ally in terms of our capability to get past it. But I think it's, yeah. I think we are very like, we can be incredibly motivated, but I think we're very vague a lot of times in what we really truly want. I think we need to really get clear. So the more clear we are in the things we want, the easier it is to get them. Sure. That's what you're saying. Well, how do you, you know, for, for instance, I mean, how does someone define greatness in their own mm. life? Well, like, what's your definition? I usually ask this at the end, but right. I'll ask it now since you brought it <laughs> Well, I knew ahead of time that you were going <laughs> to ask that eventually, so we had to talk about it. Um, my definition of greatness would be trying to find my own true potential in my life, whatever potential exists. And, and then using whatever I was given there and whatever I worked for to be able to go and help other people do the same. Mm. That to me is whether that's helping kids that grew up with a totally different background, maybe, you know, in the, in a poor neighborhood or something like that, or, or someone who's gone through some type of injury or even somebody who, who just, is kind of going through living life in the status quo and, and being in a, in a mediocre place, like helping them go and move to just something greater and, and in the process, trying to go and do that and live it myself. Cause if we're not being authentic, then I mean, that, that kind of sucks. I, right. I've been there before too. Now, who's someone who's really inspiring to you that you look up to? So here's something kind of messed up. If you'd asked me this like six months ago, I would have probably said Lance Armstrong and Oscar oh. Pistorius. Oh, wow. Yeah, of course. Well, the right. guy, for those that don't know, Oscar's his name, right? Yeah. The guy who has no legs, but ran the Olympics for South Africa, who is basically a, you know, a hero to so many people and a legend and would sell out track meets leading up to the Olympics and we get paid a lot of money to, to come and do that. The guy who you know broke records and all sorts of things but now he's on trial i guess for murder murdering his girlfriend right, right. Or his wife or okay so him and then lance armstrong <laughs> right. who is obviously everyone knows that story so those were your two guys that you thought defined greatness yeah and there are there are you know a handful of other speakers and other other people like that too that i go in and really truly admire um i mean from a business perspective if i had to go and pick one person i would say tony robbins mm, he's good he had uh Tony had a, I mean, from a, just from looking at it from a business perspective alone, he had a $400 million IPO with Anthony Robbins, Inc. Basically Amazing. took his name publicly traded. I mean, there's nobody that's ever done that in the world of motivation. Um, but I think it's all about, to me, having like sort of like the whole picture, the whole grand scheme, like and not just being great in one thing, but like ecologically balanced life. It's interesting you, know, you say that because Don Yeager, who was just on the previous episode, I can't remember the reference he used, but basically like the best football player in the world, if they don't have a great balance of life, if they're not right. continuing to grow in other areas of life, he's like, that is not greatness to me. No, he said this actually about Tiger Woods. He said, I said, you think sure. Tiger Woods is, you know, defines greatness. He said, he's a, he's a great golfer, but I don't use him in my definition of greatness because of everything else in his life. Sure, and because it's not balanced. Yeah, it's not balanced. It's just one, mind, one, one thing. Focus, right? And uh, so you have a very similar. I'll give you one person though that really like stands out to me, and this isn't somebody who's like a big, big celebrity, but he's some, something that's really important to me in my life. And um, a guy named Sergeant Travis Mills, and I met him, Sar Sergeant Mills Travis. He was uh, I call him Mayor Mills. He knows everybody, and I mean, just the, the guy's uh, a crack up. But I met him three weeks after he lost all four limbs. Mm. 
he set his book bag down on an IAD and a chain of like 17 IADs went off and lost all four limbs. And, and basically his initial response was like, he didn't, you know, he didn't want the medic to do anything. He just wanted to like, just go, just pass. And then the guy's like, no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. He's like, dude, I got no arms and legs. Like it's pretty bad. And, uh, so then they go and stabilize him. They get him back to, um, they get him back to Walter Reed army hospital in DC and he's laying in the hospital bed there. And and I met him about three weeks after he came back and came in the room and this guy's spirit was just like palpable. Like Mm -hmm. you just touch it. I mean, it was amazing. And, um, so we hung out, uh, I got to sign like a book for him and, and just like signed a DVD for him. I mean, just took a bunch of pictures together, talked for like three hours. Guys, I mean, cracking us up the whole time. And afterwards we left and they had to go and put him back in a um, short term coma to go and deal with the pain. And he lost his short term memory from this, this coma that briefly they put him in. And, uh, so he's got these pictures and books and stuff like that of, of meeting me and hanging out. And he's like, has no memory of it mm. and so it was the first time i ever met somebody for the second time like you know in a row and right. <laughs> i'm having no recollection of it i wondered how that was gonna go but <laughs> so i came in and we hung out again awesome dude and um this is a couple weeks later after that and uh so long story short he goes and like pulls me over to the side and he's like dude dude like you got to be straight and level with me was I as cool as the first time we hung out oh <laughs> and i was like nah man you were way more drugged up last time so <laughs> but that guy epitomizes this, that there is that 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 saying that we've probably all heard that life is not what happens to us but our reaction response to it you know it's 90 10% of what happens to you 90% of what you do with how it how you react how, how you react re- to it your your attitude your response yeah yeah, and, and the deal is, is that I don't I don't have any idea what it's like to lose i was born without my arms and legs right. so i have no perspective so you, of that born and this is how it was exactly it's nothing new for you i mean but you know what? There, even then, even though we go through huge, huge losses, and some people go through enormous things, it, it doesn't. It shouldn't. That doesn't have to shape your perspective and who you are. Right. Your mindset. Right. Your attitude. Your gratitude. All those different things. Because you can always be grateful for something. Yeah, and there's there is very real you know, mental challenge and mental illness. I mean, that's right. undeniable. <clears throat> However, I would say um, at the same time. Our perspective is always our choice. Yes. Everything that happens to us, and this is something where I've got to eat my own dog food with this a lot, <laughs> right? Because I'll go and like whine and complain, like, oh, woe is me, like the flight cancellation, oh, my day's ruined, like whatever. And then I'm like, all right, sit back and step out. And like, in the grand scheme of my life, is this going to matter? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's interesting. We met back at Tim Ferriss's events a couple, was it like two years ago almost now? Something like that. A year and a half, two years ago. We're getting old. Like, don't, don't date us. Yeah, right. I think it was like, when was that? Like August of 2011 yeah. or something? Or somewhere around there. Anyways, we met there, and I remember hearing about your story then and then doing more research on you and being really inspired by it. We've become friends over the last couple of years, hung out a bunch. And, you know, whenever, like, shit would hit the fan for me over the last couple of years, I somehow automatically come back to thinking about you, and I'm like, gosh, I, there's nothing to be ungrateful. I mean, there's nothing to be ungrateful for. There's things that I can be unhappy about sure. and be like, I don't like this, so I'm going to change it or whatever. But it's like, whenever something like happens that I feel is like bad or I could be depressed, I'm like, you know what? I've got my arms and legs. And I was yeah. thinking about you and I'm like, geez, if Kyle can just be like doing all this cool stuff he's doing, then so can I. And I don't have to like have a bad attitude about it. So I'm always reminded by that and I appreciate 
our friendship and be able to hang out. And well, I know, think we got it. That's that. another thing too, is that we have to be around other people that, that do help us out. You know, yeah, it's exactly. Jim Rohn, one of the, my favorite motivational leaders, you know, from a guy that I really admire. Mm. Uh, he, he lived, a, I think a pretty, I had never met him, but he, I think he lived a pretty cool life. Yeah. And he, uh, he said, um, that we were probably most impacted by the five people we spend the most yeah. time with. Yeah. And, and that's I think true. that's true. It's true. That's true. I'm a big fan of mentors, and I think mentors are the key to really getting to where you want to be faster than you can do it any other way and achieving greatness. You can't really achieve greatness without mentors, coaches. I used to be – it's funny you say that because I used to be opposed to it. Really? Yeah. You wanted to like be the lone wolf and yeah. be on your own? And- I, you know, I kind of – I thought that it's like in a, in a way that it's like um, – cheating or something yeah it's like you're not being original you're not being your true self or something Mm. like that and then i met my my mentor Mm. and uh a guy that's um his name is um ron shapiro sports agent he's really helped me a tremendous amount yeah shapiro yeah really yeah he's uh he's a friend of yours with uh the agent for cal ripkin yeah no way he's i know know ron i've interviewed him have you really yeah no kidding that's hilarious but ron is smart guy man incredibly smart and like you know, and I didn't know how much I didn't know until I spent time with him. And his son is the GM of like the the Indians, or what is it? The his son's the GM of the Indians. Yeah, yeah, yeah his son-in-law, um, Eric Mangini, was yeah, coach of the Jets exactly. and the Browns. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, <laughs> so he's done some amazing stuff, and I think. But Ron too is another guy that I look up to and admire because the deal is with Ron is that if he had solely monetized his life, he probably could have been a billionaire. Sure. But at the same time, you know, he's he's done extraordinarily well. But he's 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 now he's got an amazing marriage. He's got you know amazing grandkids, and he's got a, a, a good business where he's got you know a handful of really quality people that work for him and it's not overextended and, and i look at that and i'm like wow like, that's a pretty cool life and he just got back you know did a cruise around the world and like spent time with his wife for like six eight weeks and you know it's that that to me is but it's also too it's 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 living for something bigger it's taking that now and he can go and not just with me but the other people that he's helped many thousands hundreds of thousands of people that he helps he can go and take these lessons that he's learned and impart them on other people. So that I sent him an email about this recently and said, like, you know, before I met you, like, I hated that word mentor, mm. which he's a big advocate of. That's funny. And it, it's yeah. like, but it's, it taught me how much I didn't know. That's for sure. It's funny. Every successful individual I talk with and meet, they always have a coach or a mentor. They either hire someone yeah. or they have someone that's, you know, mentoring them. And they talk about how important it is to have someone to be able to analyze what you're doing and just help you make the right decisions, you know, lead you in the sure. right way. And I'm a big believer in that. So tell me, you've, you've been speaking all around the country and I guess all around the world as well for the last 10 years or something. And you have spoken in front of probably how many people? I don't know, a few hundred thousand people? Yeah, I tried to do the math on that recently. I have no idea, but probably in a couple hundred thousand. A few hundred thousand sure. people. Yeah. And it's... you've heard a lot of crazy stories. You've met a lot of inspiring people, people who have had challenges, lost limbs, you know, got fired, bank, you know, bankruptcy, everything. And what is like the average characteristics of like, what's the one person that you see almost all the time you go somewhere? Like who's like, what do they do? What do they think? What are their doubts, their fears? There's got to be like an example of one person that mm. like you hear about all the time where they're always like, oh, you know, I'm struggling with this or I want to get a raise or I want to do this, but they have some type of limitation or some type of thing they need to break through what does that person look like to you 
Well, I think it starts with, I mean, like you identified that there is that like latent dream there. That's that, that thing that like, you know, you know that you want to do, but you haven't done. Maybe it's doing Kilimanjaro. Maybe it's going and and just, you know, making your first thousand dollars from a speech. Maybe it's going and writing a book. I, you know, maybe it's starting a business and, and then we think about it, we think about it, we think about it. And then years go by and we don't do it. We don't go and, and. And, and quit our job so that we could go and start something else. We'll go and deal with the same nine to five and the same thing, the same. Yeah. And, and the deal is, is that time, like our time on this planet is the one resource we never get back. Yeah. It's even a you know, more finite resource than any crude oil yeah. than, than, than any, I mean, any, any single thing. I mean, it's, it's exhaustible and it's, it's, it's going right now. Mm-hmm. And instead of stressing about that too and freaking out, then, just think, like, what would I really want to do in my life if I couldn't fail? If I took failure out of it, I mean, you got to go through the suffering and the failure to get there. But at the same time, if we just take that out of there, like, what would you want your life to look like if you were the architect? And and just start. I think that that's a big part of it is, is we, we wait and we hesitate and we put this stuff off. So not taking action. When we were just talking about a good friend of mine who just came in here a minute ago, who was talking about, you know, he spent four years... At a job that he didn't like, that he wasn't happy at, that he wanted to go back into doing something else he did love. And now finally, after four years, he's like, okay, enough's enough. But he hesitated for so long. And I feel like a lot of people... Yeah, but you know what? He did it. And he did it. He did it. Four years. It's, 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 I think that it's, it sounds crazy to say, but the, um, I, I, I love like, uh, looking at like the hero's journey, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. seeing that like all these journeys and, and all these hero tales are very similar. And, and all of us, that's <clears throat> one of the stages of the hero's journey is the refusal of the call. Like you hear that call to adventure, the call to something greater. And then we kind of hang up the phone. We just, we don't answer it. We'll let it ring. We're scared. We're, We're not, scared. Yeah. And we'll, we'll just put it off, put it off, put it off. But it takes a lot of courage to, to do that. And if you look up in the dictionary, one of the accepted definitions of, of a hero is one who shows great courage. Wow. Yeah. So you, you see this a lot. I'm assuming 95% of the people you talk to, they're, they're not taking the call. They're not actually doing what they want to do. They're doing what they feel like they're supposed to or what they need to for living yeah. or expenses for their family. The supposed to is a big one, man. That's a... Right. Uh, as opposed but, yeah. to doing what they, you know, if they could, if failure was not an option, what would they want to be doing? You know, 90 to 95% of people probably aren't doing that. So what do people need to do to, like, get over that fear and take that leap to the call to the adventure? What do they need to, what needs to happen well, mentally or physically or what? Let's go back and, and define it for every individual. And I get out a piece of paper, <clears throat> write down what you want with your life, right? At the top. I mean, what do you want your life to go and look like, mm-hmm. right? And then pick, pick that one. What is one thing right now that is, that's, that's keeping you from that, that if you just did, it would set you on that path. Mm-hmm. It might be quitting your job. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that. I don't know if, if <laughs> right. but it might, it, it, who knows? It might be breaking up. It might be moving to a new city it might be losing 30 pounds it might be any of these things any right? of these things but the key is you have to make a sacrifice right yes and people are not willing to sacrifice certain things it's i think that we have to also understand that like we've got to just i mean with, with that sacrifice like there's got to be a commitment so i'll tell you what happened to me on kilimanjaro mm. I, on the fourth day in the mountain i was broken 
And we had projected this going to take 15 days to go and reach the summit. And on the fourth day, um, I was like, my friends were trying to introduce me to other people. They're climbers on the mountain that heard our story and stuff like that. And I told them, I was like, I don't want to be around anybody. Like, just leave me alone. And I went inside my tent and I laid there hearing them laughing and joking outside. And I cried. I started crying because I I realized at that moment, if I gave up, I was going to have to come home and, and tell a mom not my mom, but another mom, um, a lady named Vicky, that I'd broken this a promise that I'd made to her. And this promise was she had given me the honor of carrying her son's ashes to the top of Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. He'd been a Marine that had sacrificed his life to save several other Marines and had been killed in combat in May of 2011. And I laid there in that tent, and I made that decision that no matter what happened to me, I refused to come home and tell her I didn't make it at the top. And the pain didn't go away, but I can tell you that something in me changed. And Corey, Corey Johnson, he became my why, my purpose to get to the top. The ashes, right? Yeah, to get him there. Right. No matter how much pain you were feeling, that was your why. And it just, you know, and it changed. And if you ask whether it's a Navy SEAL or, um, you know, a, a founder of a Fortune 500 company, I mean, or anywhere in between. I mean, like, I think that at some moment you hit that wall where you're broken. Yeah. And I've felt that for sure. Then it's, you got to know what's your why. Mm. What's going to keep you going? Because we're all going to feel this pain. That's like, why am I doing this? Like, why? And you have to want it so bad. You have to know with so much certainty that you're going to go through this. And one of the key things is, is having that. If you don't have the why, then you're going to give up. You're going to stop. So it's, it's important to know exactly why you're doing what you're doing and why you want to reach. Yeah. So I tell people, it's like, you know, and so with the other thing that they got to go and write down on the sheet of paper, they've already written down the limitation, the thing that they got to go and do and start now. Why do you want this? Exactly. Not, not just because it's going to go and give you the nice car or the nice house or whatever else. I'm talking like the deeper level gut feeling. That's hard to even put into words. Exactly. Why? Exactly. Well, with that, you guys are going to have to leave your comments on the blog of why you want what you want so badly right now. So, Kyle, what are you, uh, what are you working on next, man? What do you got going on? Yeah, I know you got documentaries. You're doing all sorts of fun things. Man, I'm Speaking in vacation mode right now. Vacation <laughs> mode? <laughs> no, it's uh, – yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a fun fun journey. I'm thinking um, – thinking that there's some other mountains in the future that I want to go and accomplish. But even beyond that, they're literally yeah, and literally and, and, <laughs> meta- and metaphorically. Right, right. Awesome. Figuratively. Figuratively. Great. <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, where, where can people connect with you and find you online? Um, people, if you go and check out my websites, kyle-maynard.com, kyle-maynard.com and uh, Twitter at Kyle Maynard and Facebook, just uh, check out Kyle Maynard and, uh, and shoot me a message. It'd be great to, to hear some of the response from this. I look forward to it. And, uh, Hearing what you're doing too, man, I, I am a huge fan of, of this. And I think that like so much of what people need, you know, it's, it's, you got to program yourself, right? Right. You got to exactly. keep, keep filling your head with good stuff. Cause once you put down one good book, like you, you got to keep it yeah, going, keep it going, man. Well, that's why I'm doing this. Hopefully to inspire other people and inspire myself by hanging out with guys like you. So I appreciate you, my man. And uh, make sure everyone check out Kyle Maynard online, check out his videos. It's going to inspire you. Shoot him a message on Twitter and Facebook and leave a comment on the blog, schoolofgreatness.com. Thanks, my man. Thanks, brother. Again, one of the most inspiring guys that I know, Kyle Maynard. 
I appreciate him for coming on, and I hope you guys enjoyed his inspiring message and stories. And make sure to answer Kyle's question over on the blog at schoolofgreatness.com. We'd love to hear your answer to the question that he asked me and that I answered as well during this episode. And if you like this episode, feel free to share it on Twitter, on Facebook, tag a picture of where you're listening to this on Instagram with my name in there, and leave us a review over on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Let us know what we can do to make it better and how we can serve you even more. With that, guys, hope you have a fantastic week and make sure to do something great. Hey, parents, Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and not a yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.